Hi everybody, another episode of Nuts and Bolts here and we are so happy to be joined today by Jack Scarrett and Fid, I'm sorry I did not write down what your surname was, Fid. Um, McCawesome, Fid McCawesome. Fid McCawesome, there we go. Go go follow him on Twitter, see all his amazing arcade cabinets and wrestling talk that you can see there. So um, from GGWP, uh, we're happy to be talking to them because the, their journey is just such a fascinating one for me in, in that you guys have... Uh, uh, just that avenue i know you do a lot with streamers as well but for esports athletes as well to find those connections to get to an organization which is just an amazing thing because i feel like yeah i I often compare esports to to traditional sports in in that the you know the there's a lot of similarities between them but there's not quite a clear path for someone who's starting out in an esport to get that that linkage up into a national team and try and get that international Agreed. experience. Like, I, I think there are a lot of similarities there in the respect of it's a sport. It's now a legitimate sport and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But the scene is still so young enough in the region where like as a, as a footy player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you do well, you make a name for yourself and you start getting approached by shoe companies and merchandise companies and whatnot. Um, and there's more of a structure in place there. Whereas um, even I, I started working in this space 10 years ago and have worked tirelessly to try and make uh, the transition better, but it's still such a slow progress um, and getting there. And I think what Jax has uh, started a few years ago and then me being able to come over and help with that has started really putting a structure into place and helping a lot of these guys transition to uh, a lifestyle or a career outside of the traditional jumping on and playing a few um, games professionally and uh, expecting the org to do everything. Mm-hmm. And that's that's great because that's that's what you want. But I'd like to take it back a little bit first, uh, just to talk a little bit about the history of GGWP for those who don't know. So um one of one of our early episodes here on Nuts and Bolts, actually, Natty spoke to to you, Jax, about the how the idea for GGWP came about. Um would you be able to give us just like a quick brief rundown of of, of the inspiration for it and um even a little bit of uh back history of where you are now as well? Yeah, for sure. So GGWP Academy came about because my son uh, went to three Pokemon World Championships. And throughout doing that, he was signed to a couple of um, esports orgs um, who, you know, looked after him, got the jerseys, um, you know, the travel and everything else, and also attracted some sponsorship um, and got to represent overseas at the age of nine. So, you know, um, just a, a really early sort of a, uh, experience in esports and probably not your typical esports like CSGO or COD or, you know, something else. So, um, yeah, we, we kind of came at it from a different angle and we, we saw that there was a really big, um, a really big gap between what everyone was doing in esports and, and the brands. And, you know, there seemed to be a lot of education going on, but not a lot of deals going on. And so um, I really wanted to bridge those gaps and create a thriving ecosystem uh, where content creators and esports athletes could 
you know, pick up those sponsorships much quicker, connect with brands, learn about how to do it, um, and yeah, have it all in one place for them. Yeah, and and just the the journey as well, because I know you went to um, a, a sports accelerator in Berlin, which must have been a fantastic experience. Uh, learning all that and have been involved in multiple accelerators since then. Um, so ha- how has that helped to shape what GGWP is today? Look, each and every time we've done an accelerator program, the first one was lead sports accelerator in Berlin. The second one was start mate in Australia. We've also done SBE global, which is a female founder um, incubator uh, for women who are approaching the U S in business so we've done a couple of these different accelerators. We're also a part of the Austrade uh, San Francisco landing pad, and we're actually headed to San Francisco next month. Uh, we're a part of Investment New South Wales uh, Digital Gamescom as well. So with Gamescom going on in in Germany right now, well coming up, um, we're we're sort of a part of that as well. So we're doing all of these different programs, and every time we do it, we get a different aspect or a different facet of the networking to this huge industry. Uh, And it also brings us along in terms of, you know, what we're learning, what we're, what we're doing. Um, Everything sort of seems to be finding us right at the right time and helping us grow for that particular moment. Yeah, last time we caught up, you just mentioned that, you know, you're at the point where you were looking at, you know, proving your market, proving your product fit, um, you know, continuing to build and then getting to know your customers a a bit more as well. Um, I'm not sure if you could speak to um, specifically understanding your customer base over the last kind of 12, 18 months, if your business has made any changes or updates, especially the the esports athletes that might be coming on board with you and um, how that's shaping your your focus of business yeah for sure definitely focus definitely changes our focus in terms of the kind of education that we create so the more the more esports athletes that we have on board the more we're able to um tailor content towards that facet of the industry so the the kinds of topics that you might see coming up in the next couple of months would be things like how to get noticed by an esports org, how to professionally communicate with your team members, with your you know manager, with your uh, with a brand, all of those things. So basically, bringing um, an esports athlete who may not have had much experience in terms of business um, through, a, I guess, a professionalization, and and giving them that education that they need to exist in esports in a professional manner, and really making sure that you know, it, it's less of the wild west and more of a professional industry. Oh, we love that. <laughs> How hard is that? Because like a lot of, I imagine there'd be a lot of maturity issues in there. And by that, I mean, probably just lack of world experience, really, because yeah. you mentioned yourself with, with your, your nine-year-old son at the time going over to these Pokemon championships and you as a parent being, they would be able to help him through that. But like some of these kids are that young and they're, they're jumping into League of Legends, Call of Duty, um, CSGO and all that sort of stuff. And some of those games aren't exactly known for their nice ranking uh, battles, shall we put it, just just to put it yep. easily. So um, is that something that you, you try and focus on as well to maybe try and build some maturity into the these young players that, that are probably a bit te- pre-teen to teens, really? 
I can actually speak to this one if you don't yeah. mind, Jax. Yeah, go for it. Um, so having come from the uh, agency and marketing side of things before I joined GGWP, mm -hmm. um, I always found it very difficult working with esports players when it came to sponsorships and stuff. And it wasn't by any fault of their own. It was purely because a lot of these guys uh, were very stuck in the esports ecosystem, not so much the content creation ecosystem, where they got away with being uh, toxic. They got away mm -hmm. with saying whatever they wanted on uh, the on Twitter. Um, anything that was said in chat was unmoderated and things like that, right? So um, we found it very difficult transitioning those sort of people over to sponsorship deals and things, even when they would start working on Twitch and creating content and things like that. They sort of brought that old mindset with them. This is years ago, right? Um, and this is the big shift I've seen with um, uh, GGWP being in place and now being as a part of GGWP is the education platform is actually teaching these people the reason why they have to do what they do and do not do certain things mm -hmm. as well, right? It's saying you know, a lot, everyone knows like the CSGO scene like five years ago even or even six years ago uh, was full of edgelords. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of these guys just didn't look at sponsorship deals because they just were not brand safe. So coming on and doing the education side of things and now me doing the brand deals after they've been through the GGWP platform, the guys that are coming through are ready to work. Mm. You know, they know what they're going to, they know how to use their social media in a way that they can still genuinely be themselves, still genuinely have that same sense of humor, but they know the line now, right? Uh, and they know why that they can't cross that line because they're just not going to make any money anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm seeing the people come out of the GGWP uh, modules in a work-ready state. Uh, they know what they've got to do. They know how to create content that's not just great for viewers but also great for brands. Mm -hmm. um, and they know how to deliver to a brief. They know how to um, – deliver things that are going to be not just great for their audience, but also great for the brand and uh, convert hopefully to sales for that brand and make the, them some money at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest shift I've seen personally with um, for people who are from that esports space. Mm -hmm. I find that's the interesting thing, particularly about esports, is that as a player, you're not just selling yourself to the org that you're going to be a part of in your performance right. and what you bring to the team, but it's really the whole social media aspect of it as well. Because if you can bring in that extra audience from following that player, um, that's that's huge. And I think it happens in esports more than it does in traditional sports. Because I've got my teams that I follow in traditional sports. That if a player leaves, I still follow the team. I don't really follow that's the one player. Of the biggest, it's one of the biggest issues that like. For my time with GGWP, I sponsored, I, I facilitated and managed one of the first PC sponsorships of a um, esports team here in Australia, which was when Lenovo sponsored uh, Tainted Minds back in the day. Um, and one of the biggest issues I used to have is fans in the esports space don't follow a team. Mm -hmm. They follow players. So their favorite player jumps from Tainted Minds to Chiefs back then they would follow the player. Mm. 
Um, and I honestly think it was one of the biggest issues that they had to, and still have to, you know, face is, you know, how do you create a team following? Mm. Um, so that, you know, you're not losing viewership if you lose a player. But um, like you said, the importance of what we're doing is, you know, helping these guys create that their own social media presence uh, so that we can work with them as a player and as an individual, making sure that their um, stuff is brand safe and it's, you know, but they're building a following that's going to um, uh, translate over if they do sponsored posts or sponsored content and things like that. Yeah, and that that's the important thing because in a in a league or in an environment where viewers follow the players rather than the um, than the team, you've got to make sure that your brand is on point and it's presented in a way that people find approachable and is and genuine, which is always yeah. the hard thing about social media. Um, I, I tell you, somebody that I can actually speak to on this, and he's probably not going to mind me bringing him up, as. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume everybody in the chat here knows uh, FaZe has. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Good friend of mine. Of, uh, and early on in his career, when he first blew up, his social media presence was toxic. Toxic mm-hmm. as hell, right? Uh, and it took us a good solid year of working with him to teach him, you know, he can still be himself. He can still have that sense of humor. Um, he can still create content, which is around that sense of humor it's just knowing which lines not to cross mm-hmm. it's just and it's they're not even complicated lines not to cross right yeah um and it's just making sure you don't cross those lines and uh we managed to get him amazing deals back in the day like he was a representative of intel of lenovo uh, we got him a few other amazing deals it's a shame we actually lost him to he's decided he doesn't want to be a content creator anymore because he was mm. a lot of fun to work with yeah. Um, but he's a prime example of, you know, teaching somebody who is from that world how to evolve without losing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bit more broad question because obviously your platform's more focused on the individuals and the athletes themselves. But do you um, find in your experience that the um, goals of the athlete, the organisation, and the and the league as well are all aligned, or is Absolutely it? Is not. it... Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, um, so what you'll generally find, right, is leagues are out there um, making their own deals, right, and those deals nine times out of ten will conflict with the team's deals. So a good example would be. Uh, a PC sponsor coming on board for um, the tournament or the competition or whoever's running that, and then a team having a clashing sponsor. And I've had a situation where uh, the team has been asked to remove their headline sponsor from their jersey. Oh, wow. And Ooh. the team has had to go back and say, absolutely not. These guys pay our bills. Yeah. Right? And it's good. This is shifting. Like, now you can be on a tournament and there won't be any issues but it was around that stage where uh, more money was starting to come into esports so people were wanting to make those bigger deals um and sometimes the brands would be like well i don't want that team to have that brand but then the personal players are also trying to do their own thing at the same time um and i i, I don't have an issue when it comes to players having rules put on them of 
look, you can't go and get a personal sponsor if it's going to conflict with the team because, you know, you're being paid to be a player. Yeah. Right? Uh, often not, uh, more often than not, the team isn't being paid anything to be in a tournament unless they're successful in that tournament. Yeah, so, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, a, it's a hard balance though, right? But yeah, everybody's uh, interests are do not align. <laughs> It's an interesting, like once again, like, like I, I've only gotten into esports in the the last couple of years, but I had a lot to do with particularly the AFL. I followed that for a lot of this Australian football um, here, and it's interesting that you mentioned the conflicts between the league and the team and the player in terms of sponsorship. Because right now, off the top of my head, I can think about the AFL and how like they have their Auskeek, which is a, like their real, real young kids, sponsored by mm-hmm. McDonald's. But one of the, the local Australian teams, the West Coast Eagles, is also sponsored by Hungry Jacks, which are two fast food giants, which you'd think that they would be conflicting in some way. But somehow they, they've managed to do that. So I think, like you were saying, in terms of the, the league and the team, they can get those agreements there. But also like the, the, the player and the team all have to be on the same page because you're right, a player can't be sponsored by say msi if the team's sponsored by asus or something like that you know, yeah correct. Um, it was the same thing has happened for years like in the nrl as well right mm-hmm. we had the telstra cup and me being a kiwi i'm going to bring up the vodafone warriors mm-hmm. yeah they're yeah. two conflicting brands um and but yeah i think the only issue was where if one of the players went and signed a deal they would not have been able to sign to a conflicting mm. telco or whatever yeah um it's, it's, it's starting to become a lot more uniform, like the same as sports in that way. Um, but it takes a long time, like especially with the, the infancy of esports in, in OCE. Yeah, and I, look, and the thing is with uh, esports and OCE as well is I think certain things that have happened over the last few years have slowed down the pace of how esports was growing pre-pandemic. Um, like we were starting to see teams growing and getting big deals and things like this before the pandemic. And um, during the pandemic, or even the year before the pandemic, we started seeing less bigger teams because the likes of uh, the guys over at uh, uh, the Chiefs buying up other teams to mm-hmm. um, bring them into their own brand. And um, once upon a time, that was three different teams, I believe, and it's now one. Mm. yeah um, yeah yeah and it, it and especially coming in now where we're heading towards a recession like you've noted that overseas a lot of the bigger esports orgs have started diversifying like one's become a holding company um another one is is branching off more into um like content creation although even those have started to contract it now as well because those additional little bits are usually the ones that get cut first um but it is exciting for to see gdwp actually growing like um i think when we when you spoke to natty uh god the 18 months ago i think you you had five people on board i think as part of your staff um that was and- been before my time here jax yeah, uh, mm. I, I would say that it probably would have been, or, mm. or, or around the time when you were just coming on, maybe. Um, I think um, if if I can just revisit that last question very, very briefly as well, 
that um, our platform is actually going to be able to show who a particular creator has worked for previously as well. Mm. So you'll, as a brand, you'll be able to see if a creator has um, worked with a competitive brand prior to you hiring them. And you'll be able to see that of an esports team as a content creative um, team or as a player. Um, so that will sort of, I guess, at least help the brands navigate that aspect just a little bit more. That's a great feature to have there because just being able to see previous campaigns and, and that, that's of infinite value to brands because that's what they want to know. They want to know what their return on investment is going to be and having that report yep. easily there for you to look at will help not just the brands but the the esports athletes and content creators to no end yeah yeah well we're, we're getting ready to we're getting ready to launch uh the i'm not hopefully i'm not spoiling too much here Jax, but we're getting ready to sort of release the next version of our platform in the coming mm. months or coming weeks even Ooh, can't wait um, <laughs> we get the scoop i love it <laughs> yeah, yeah um and what's going to be cool about this is for the content creators, whether they be streamers or esports players or whatever, is it's going to be able to show um, you know, the analytics on every single platform, an overview of their analytics on every platform. So you know, if you're a brand or whatever, you can go onto that person's profile and see how they, they perform on everything, uh, as well as you know that, that previous work history and previous campaigns and stuff like that. So it's going to be more powerful than having, uh, let's say, a media kit or something because it's not just uh, links to your socials, but it's links to your socials. It's what other previous campaigns you've done. It's a video um, that's sort of pitching yourself and uh, giving people a first impression of what you're doing. And look, and being on the platform, you can sign up to work with brands within our platform. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I, I like that because it sounds like it's a, a great step forward in transparency for everyone. I know um, a lot of people when they're pulling together their media kit, they're like, oh, that number looks good. I won't we'll put that one on there and not necessarily put this other number on there. So um, <coughs> that sounds like it's a real value to everyone involved. It also eliminates a lot of the bad actors when it comes to, you know, um, using bots or whatever to grow uh, certain social media followings. Exactly. Things like that will be very clearly out of place on our platform. And so we're eliminating those bad actors for the brands as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious when you see somebody peak uh, 3,000 followers overnight and then it starts to plateau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing I did want to ask specifically about, because it's something that comes up quite hotly in esports spaces a lot, is contracts. Um, players not necessarily reading their contracts. Um, or, or teams writing really dodgy ones. Um, yes, being, exactly. Uh, in my time, I've helped content creators get out of contracts, but also seen some nasty ones as well. Mm. So I guess, A, do you have that like in your lesson plan of, of, of contracts and bits? And I guess there is a lot of work you guys have put into the platform as far as, you know, arranging um, uh, partnerships between bands and brands and um, esports athletes that, that anybody signing onto the platform is going to have some level of safety and security in the fact a bit of due diligence has already been done there by the platform. Yeah. So we will have smart contracts on our platform um, and this will allow people to very clearly, um, they won't be in, you know, lawyer speak, they will be in very clear terms. 
Um, just making sure that everybody has the ability to, you know, read and understand those kinds of things on our platform. But also there is and there will be more um, education around, you know, when to seek a lawyer, when to, you know, and, and when to sort of really do your due, due diligence on the people that you're working for and working with. Um, so absolutely for both sides of our platform, uh, this is uh, something that's on its way. That's yeah. awesome. That sounds absolutely amazing. You've got lots of plans in the work there, which I love. I love the seeing the growth. We haven't even we haven't even touched on the roadmap. That's amazing. Oh, well, oh, the roadmap. That's so exciting. What's your what's your lead time looking like? Like, are you like planning? You know, twenty four months. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let Jax answer this because I will spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're, we're currently working off an 18-month runway, uh, yeah. which means that, you know, this is the time frame that we expect to, to get X, Y, and Z done. In that time frame, um, we expect to automate the entire process so that um, the the marketplace of our of, of part of our platform is completely automated. The payments happen on there. Um, all of the searching, the brand has an, their own experience of the platform as well. Um, but we've made the the profile of the creator almost like a, the central part of your experience on the platform co going forward. So it basically means that uh, your profile on GGWP will become like your link tree, only much better, only much more uh, in depth and and really sort of selling you as you know a, as a media kit should. So it kind of replaces your link tree and your media kit all at once. Uh, in that respect, so really looking ideally, forward to ideally, just getting that happening. <laughs> yeah, ideally we should be able to get to a place. Well, this is my own ambition, right? Is that when you're talking to a brand, that they'll say, "Oh, send me your GGWP link, and I'll have a look." Yeah, yes. amazing. So GGWP coming synonymous with with brand partnerships in the in the digital mm -hmm. space. Yeah. Love That's it. it. We should we should be the companion app for anyone streaming on Twitch. Facebook gaming, YouTube, we should be the other app that you have. <laughs> yeah, that just, all, all this sounds so amazing. And um, especially with, with your plans. And I, I did see um, that you've got plans to expand into the US as well, which must be a huge market to get, get that hold in just there. Well, we've already got about 65% users in the US now. Oh, so wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> we so that's huge already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's crazy. So I I um the the bit of pre-reading I did sort of said that you were expanding, but I didn't realize you'd already expanded. That that's that's looks, that's looks just like we did that. <laughs> yeah, that that's it. Yeah. <laughs> my my reading's a little plan. bit out of date. Yeah. The expansion yeah, side of things and uh, on that side of the the pond at the moment is more uh, we're looking to grow out the marketplace side of things over there at the moment. We've got an amazing uh, uh, pool of content creators. Uh, and as Jack said, 65% of our content creators are from that um, uh, area of the world now. So uh, I've spent the last year and a half um, you know, focusing pretty much on Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia. And now's the time that we're pushing into the US and the UK and uh, Canada at the moment, so uh, getting more of those brand deals for that huge pool of content creators mm -hmm. that we've got over there that are just ready to work and they're already trained up. Yeah, I'll be in San Francisco and LA 
for all of next month, basically uh, looking for brand deals, speaking with brands in the US so that we can put up some US uh, gigs, which would be exciting for the users who are already in the US. So for any of our you any of your US listeners that might be on our platform, we've it's all coming and it's gonna be awesome. Oh yeah, I just I'm I'm just excited hearing about it. It it is it it's like I said, it's just such an incredible thing. And particularly when like talking in content creators in general as well, because we also have a, a show on Game on Oz called Streamaholics, which uh one of the one of the gentlemen, the warship which is in GGWP. Yeah. yeah he, he he's, he's one of, one of the presenters and, um, and just listening to all that stuff that, that goes on in, in the streaming space. It's, it's, it's such a hard industry because everybody is their own PR person, social media person and all this other stuff. And people get into it, not realizing how big a job it is to, to be in that content creation space. I think, oh, I'm just going to put it up on Twitch or YouTube oh, or Facebook and, and, and it'll get views. Yeah. I'm glad you bring this up. There was uh, a lot of damage was done about four years ago. Uh, I think it was Sydney Morning Herald wrote an article. And it was, I think it was even like front page of their website, which was um, uh, people are making upwards of $100,000 a year by playing games at home. And this is how you can do it. <laughs> Yeah, right? and the article basically said if you can play video games and have a computer, then you could be making a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I, I wish actually, we got our link at the end of that article. Yeah. <laughs> right? so the thing is, I actually had to write an article in response to it, and I think I called the article in response to Sydney Morning Herald's claim, mm. which was basically saying exactly that: is um, as a content creator, you are not just a gamer; you are a you are the talent, you are the producer. You are the editor, you are the PR person, you're the manager, you're managing timetables, you're dealing with brands, like all of these things, right? And you're essentially a one-man team for the majority of the first two to three years of your, um, sorry, two. Uh, for the first two to three years of your uh, career because it takes around about that to blow up unless you're very lucky and you blow up overnight. Mm. and then you can hire someone to start helping you do all those things it's a lot of hard work and i've seen a lot of content creators um not balance that well at the start of their careers and um it's exactly what we're trying to help people do right is um learn how to do all this thing in an efficient way and still learn to give themselves some time yeah and that's it and, and just the burnout is real it's such a hard slog and like we get back to likening it to the sports industry, but I also liken it to acting because you can say these people earn six figures doing this, but they're like the top 0.5% of, of streamers that do it. And it's the same yeah. with actors. It's the same with traditional athletes. Even those that like, we've just had the Commonwealth games recently. Uh, a lot of those yeah. w would have to have a day job as well, because well, even though a lot, those, those, yeah. a lot of those Olympic level people, are still going and working a day job yeah. doing stints at the Olympics or whatever. Yeah, it, it's... But I it, think, sorry, go on, I Jax. think one of the key yeah. things that you just mentioned there about the top, you know, zero zero one percent or whatever, mm -hmm. it's actually in my pitch deck when I speak to investors and I talk to them about, you know, this being one of the major problems about 
you know, the creator economy or, you know, esports becoming mainstream and, and everything else, I think is the problem that it's still only that top 1% that are getting paid. Mm. And what we actually set out to do and what one of our main missions is to really democratize the way that, you know, um, uh, monetization happens in gaming and esports. Mm. So that it, it basically means that we're bringing on smaller brands to work with small creators, mid-tier with mid-tier, large with large, so that there's a thriving economy no matter what stage you're at, uh, basically. And we just want to make sure that there is the opportunity to, you know, to turn this into a career for everyone so that you can start out with those affiliate deals, contra deals, but then move quickly into those small paid deals mm. and, and not have such a big gap between the two. I mean, literally um, in the last five days, I've signed contracts with five content creators who this time last year were taking free deals, right? Mm. Which is fine. Awesome when you're starting. But uh, these guys just signed uh, $500 a month deals and it's their first paid mm. gigs, right? Is it enough to sustain a career off $500 a month? No. Uh, but that's that next stage in there. It's... $500 a month is enough to sort out a few problems, right? I would love to know how many first checks, so to speak, we, we've done in the last year. I oh, think that we, like, we've hired we're, more first-time creators than, than anyone. It's been brilliant. You, you put out a post recently, Jax, which I loved, which was uh, the amount of invoices we received that are number 0001. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> And, yeah, so and we absolutely crazy. love paying those invoices because mm. we know that we're those first people that are paying them to do a job. Mm. It's all good to brands, make a difference. We're yeah. Working with yeah. And, and, and I like the ambition of having that many zeros in front too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you don't want to short sell yourself. You know, that's what's no. going to happen. Those 10,000 10, invoices I've, going out. I've always been anti the phrase small streamer mm. uh, because I think, it's, if you're calling yourself a small streamer and you're uh, things like that, it's like, is that what you're planning on being forever? Are you going to label yourself as a small streamer or are you a streamer? Mm. No, I absolutely love the idea of matching the right band, brand with the right creator and, and especially with esports athletes as well. I think there's a lot of other brands that maybe aren't interested in general streamers that would be interested in esports athletes because of you know how they represent you know peak performance and all those mean things that we talk about but um it does provide that different um perspective for them it's good that's awesome well i, I think that's that's about all the time we have here but i want to thank you both so much for joining us today jackson fit it's been an amazing talk um love everything that's going on with gdwp and the brand deals that you've you've got uh it, it's it's just amazing that that our content creators and esports athletes have somewhere that they can go to have that that connection to the orgs to the brands to to help them along and and give the brands somewhere where they can go to and and get that level of professionality that 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 maybe someone just fresh off the street doesn't have. So it's it's great to see it and best of luck to all your endeavors in the future. Thanks for having us on and thanks Appreciate for putting it. up with my bad voice <laughs> while I'm sick. <laughs> oh, I um, hope you're feeling better soon. Um, just for you guys as well, where can everybody find you on the internet? 
So uh, you can find us under GGWP Academy, basically on every platform. Um, I suggest that you check out our Twitter. That has all of our links from there. Um, but we're also doing a, um, a an equity crowdfund that it will be live on Equitize from the 23rd of August. Oh, not too far away. Yes. Close. Very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, but once again, thank you for joining us. And, and if anybody in the content creator space, definitely get on board with GGWP. Such an amazing chat with Jackson Fid there, wasn't Natty? Oh, it's awesome. It's always um, great to catch up with Jackson. I haven't had a chance to speak to Fid before, so um, really, really great to meet him. It seems like the team there are doing amazing things and, and lots lots on the horizon for them. That's it. I, I see lots of stuff Fid does on uh, on Twitter because he's like big into his arcade machines. If you're watching uh, on twitch.tv slash game on Oz, you would have seen all his like arcade machines in the background there. That was, uh, it's in yeah, it's impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit of jealousy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's let's dive into some news here, Natty, because there was some big news that that broke this morning, like literally hours before we were setting up this pre-record, and that is that um, Australian or OCE Esports Org Order has gone into voluntary administration, which is that's that's huge. Yeah, this is insane and i think both of us had probably a very similar thought at first which is aside of everything else the order lco team mm. has just been kicking butt all season they're on a winning streak and i was concerned about you know are they going to continue are they going to get picked up by somebody else mm. um lots of thoughts there that you know just questions left unanswered at the moment that's it, yeah. Because, like, the the player, oh, sorry, excuse me, the players themselves, uh, like, looking at the the article that was written, the order staff was stood down on Monday. The order game happened Monday night, but the team wasn't told until Tuesday. So that's that's huge. Like, just uh, it's it's very sad, and I'm hoping because they're looking for some um, for some investors or maybe to to sell sell some stuff so that they can keep going. Um, and I hope they can come out, especially after because la last year they raised five point three million dollars in in funding as well through investment. So it's it, it's hard. And like five point three million sounds like a lot. When when we were posting about this in the game on Oz Discord, one of the reactions was, "Wow, that's a lot of money." They burnt through that in a year. Go well, no. If you're building a gaming house for for all your players to to train in and they don't just have League of Legends. They've got Valorant and CS:GO teams as well, mm. um, and and if they're trying to expand because they had some content creators, the League of Legends LCO watchers will know Natty, who was on on the the cast last year. She's been she was one of their content creators along with Fasif, sorry Fas Fee, I think. Apologies, I'm butchering that, but Stodgy <laughs> as well. Like these are content creators that they've got. Uh, it that that will also be affected by by this. So this is uh, it, it's it's big news, and I I just I can hope they find some more investors because esports is not a cheap thing, and particularly around League of Legends, it's always an interesting thing that Pentanet.gg is backed by a company, whereas the other esports orgs are orgs in their own right, and mm -hmm. at least. 
Pentanet can Pentanet.gg can fall back on Pentanet the ISP because their their CEO is the one that where I love League of Legends. I want my own team pretty much, and yeah. So uh, it's yeah, and I just, I just really hope Order can find a way out of this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the majority of things we can talk about at the moment is speculation. We're not going to delve into that mm. too much. But um, I did like the um, .esports article that was put together by Isaac McIntyre, who was talking about, you know, there is a little bit of a trend that um, some big Aussie brands have been closing their doors over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, Athletico um, and in the esports space, Avant Gaming, Legacy mm-hmm. Esports, Tainted Minds. Um, and uh, I would be very worried about this being a trend, you know, mm. that um, esports orgs have not been able to make um, their prosperity over the last few years um, um, work for them and, and mm-hmm. be able to make it financially stable in some some capacity it's obviously a really difficult situation with covid and and the recession as well hitting Mm. on top um yeah uh, yeah as you said hearts are with the players and the teams and everybody working there and and hopefully um something can get worked out i keep hoping for an angel investor just to sweep in and say you have all the money and and but maybe something about their business models are broken if for them to have gone through that amount of cash um, in a short period of time, who knows? Or, or if it was just they tried to do too much too quickly, like yeah. it's like we we mentioned it and in, in uh, talking to Jackson feared, but we've also mentioned it on the show before about how overseas esports orgs are, are transitioning to being something different. So they they've got a way to make money that support the esports teams, um, which, which really I think particularly in in OCE because it's still such a small market share like even like let, let, let's talk about this normal LCO match nights get about one two thousand viewers even the playoffs this week were I think maybe got close to 10 10k viewers when you talk about something like the AFL or NRL grand final where millions of people watch it or even you want to go a step further the soccer world cup or the the um, American football of Super Bowl, you know, the amount of eyes on that. There's there's still a long way to go for for um, for esports orgs, and maybe maybe in the short to medium term, this is something that they have to look at in finding other businesses to or other other revenue streams to support that to fund the teams, you know. Yes, it's it's a difficult situation, yeah, for sure. And and like you said, it's this news I only just broken, so there's there's probably a lot of speculation that that go along with it, and we we, we try not to. And I know myself, I'm guilty of dipping into speculation sometimes, but it, it's it's yeah, and, when it's yeah. revolving around people's livelihoods, that, we'll we'll try and yeah step and, gently. Yeah. And let's not forget as well, like the order staff as well, the behind the scenes people that you mm. don't really see too much about, the social media managers, the the just the general admin people that keep stuff running as well. So this this is affecting a lot of different people. So um, thoughts are with order at the moment, and hopefully they can find a way through it. Yeah, um, 
yeah, I was just quickly looking at the same article before that that says that they've had received expressions of interest for oh. the purchase. So, well, that's good. Yes, that's good. That's Hope, good. Yeah. But anyway, that's uh, that that was some breaking news that was was happening this morning. But we've also got the LCO to talk about. We do. Monday night we had Order versus PGG in the upper bracket final, um, which that that in itself is going to be interesting given the news around Order that we were speaking about with with Jackson Fid. But um, mm. Order ended up winning three uh, two in that match, but it it was very interesting because it was definitely blue side that was ruling there, and it was um, game was won and lost in in draft compositions, um, and I I can't help but think because. Um, Pentanet started on the red side in game one, and then because they lost, they lost game one. They had the option to choose red or blue, and they chose red. So I'm wondering if they'd chosen blue and were able to more draft to their strengths, how that might have changed a little bit. Because come game three, when they chose blue side, they absolutely dominated. Like order didn't have a chance in that game and the second game um the fourth game sorry was closer but then order ended up back on blue side on the last game and it was a tough tough match and there were there was definitely some some chances there for pgg but order come out on top um and they go to continue in the upper bracket to face chiefs next week um oh, sorry i'm saying it's really exciting we're on to the best of fives oh, now like yeah. just getting that back and forth is really exciting just compared to the regular season which is just you know one yeah. team <laughs> and, one and, and seeing how teams respond in drafting as well like mm. um you get some different picks come out because you go oh we think they've done really well on that how can we stop that and like it's not just a one and done and then you've got to wait a couple of weeks till you play them again um yeah. But I tell you what, I am so excited. The lower bracket final between Dire Wolves and Kanga. Kanga won, 3 1. So they're still going. Oh, it was. The streak continues. I know. I'm just. <laughs> look, I. Pentanet on my team, and I hope they win next week. But if Kanga beat them, I'm not going to be unhappy. Just. <laughs> like, like, it's just. Like, I, I love the story of Kanga, but I'm just excited to see a new team doing well. Like. The LCO for you know this is only split four of the LCO and before that we had the um, the OPL but Kanga came in rather recently anyway they um, they got the license off Legacy when Legacy uh, got out of uh, League of Legends and I just I still remember there was an interview that the LCO casting couch did with. Kanga's coach and they said look we're a new team we're building we're not there now but we're going to get there and this is them getting there yeah it's been really exciting to see I know you've been well behind it so have I it's the underdog story but to think that they've gotten to this point is mm. amazing and uh yeah next week it's going to be oh is there a game next week the, uh, the Kanga I believe versus PGG? yes so there's the 20, 22nd and the 23rd, so that is next week. Um, Monday night, we've got the upper bracket final of Chiefs versus Order. Uh, order are going to... Look, uh, Order are going to win the whole league. Like, they're, they're, I don't think that's a secret. Like, they, they've gone 21 and zip for the whole season. Nobody even looked close to beating them. Yeah. They're just... Yeah, they're there. Um, so that that's on Monday night. Honestly, I expect that to be... a 
if order can take a game off chiefs i will be very happy because it means that there's at least some some things can be done yeah. competition that can be done yeah. against chiefs um but then on tuesday night we've got the lower bracket final between pentanet and kanga so also i reckon that'll be a banger i reckon kanga will be pulling out some stops there but pgg will be will be desperate they they know that they're a good team um they've they've got the ability to to get to that grand final at dreamhack but more importantly um is it these these four teams so i'm just going to look at the the bracket because oh yeah here we go so um We've got got the bracket here. I'm, I was trying to play in my head because we've got the two matches at DreamHack coming up. So we've yes. of course got the grand final on the Sunday, but we've also got the um, the lower bracket final there as well. So the loser from the Chiefs and Order game, which let's face it, it's going to be Order. Um, <laughs> and, and just just quietly, anybody's free to clip this and can play it back to me if Order wins. <laughs> but I I am um, I don't think anybody's expecting Order to beat Chiefs. Um, so yeah, whoever loses from that game will play the winner of Pentanet and Kanga on Friday night at DreamHack as well on the second of September. So that's God, that's coming up so quickly. That's uh, I'm I'm just so excited. Like the the whole whole DreamHack thing is just it's it's going to be so much fun, and I can't wait to to see see that. Um, I know I've been talking for the last couple of weeks about maybe getting over there, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to. It's just too expensive. I went to have a look at flights. They were ridiculous. Like, I'm com- coming from Perth over to Melbourne, and yeah, it's from one side of the country to the other, but it's looking at like 1300 bucks or something just for the oh. week, just for a weekend. And I go, ooh, yeah. that's a that's a tea sucker. That one is a... Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you need a mysterious benefactor yeah. to cover your flights. That's it. Yeah, any <laughs> anybody want to pay for me? I'll wear their shirts. I'll, I'll and fly Natty over as well, so we can we can yeah, all be I'll there. Yeah, I'll be a bit yeah. cheaper from Adelaide. That's I, it. I was looking. I was looking at flights for packs already, and they're not you know expensive mm. yet, but they're still already past the super cheap point. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't really should not be putting that off any longer. Yeah, <laughs> I I still need to book a uh, hotel for packs, so I, I've got flights. That's that's done and dusted, luckily. But yeah, looking, I need to get um, need to get those accommodations sorted. But that's still in the future. Dreamhack is closer, so we're so looking forward to that. Check out the upper bracket and lower bracket uh, games next week, um, live on Twitch. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to see that. A um, little bit, little bit of World of Tanks news now as well. So last uh thursday it was the um world of tanks anzpl held their draft it was interesting because um looking at the the draft order uh both adelaide action x and perth panthers had state picks so for those that don't know the anzpl teams are made up of seven players but three of those have to be from the state they're named after so adelaide action x I think um, Action X also get in, um, Northern Territory plays included in that. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. uh, if there's any Northern Territory plays, they count as their state picks. Um, and so, yeah, you have to have at least three players from there. So Action X and Panthers both had one, um, one state pick each. And for Action X, they picked up returning player speed with that. So that's a big boost to, to, to their roster 
right there. Um, and Panthers as well, their state pick, they picked up former Melbourne Matildas player Bales, who's back off a year off as well, um, and back into the game. It, it's that That's very exciting because he was a very, very good player. Um, so cannot wait to see how he fits into that team. Um, and then for the, for the open draft section where they can pick anybody, uh, Comets had, what did they have? They had three picks. Uh, Action X had one pick, Conquerors one pick, and Panthers one pick. So Action X picked up Gloucester, who I believe was a B-League player. So nice to see um, them making him, I'm not, I'm assuming it's a him, I'm not, not 100%, but um, yeah, he'll be making his debut in the Action X there. Um, and with the demise of the Brisbane Bulldogs as well, there was a couple of their players that nominated for the draft. So Panthers picked up Madhouse, um, who you might remember from last season was able to get five kills in a game. The only player to have done that so far in the ANZ PL. So that's exciting to have him there too, joining, um, the list. Uh, and who else was it? Um, Conquerors picked up Dark, formerly of the Bulldogs as well. So that's, that's a good little addition to, to their lineup. Um, sorry, excuse me for that. Um, and who have I missed? Um, oh, and, and the comments for their picks picked up Mendican bias, um, stifle and AVP Marine. So Mendicant bias and stifle, I know for sure have been playing in the B league, which, you know, they've been promoted from the B-League, so they had a lot of those B-League players come up, but they've reinforced their lineup with a few additional players there as well. Um, also... It's uh, looking great. Oh, it's, the lineup's looking great. Lots of names I recognise, which is cool. Yeah, it, it's going it's gonna to be interesting, especially with um, the likes of Bales and Speed coming back, because both of those are very good players, um, and and seeing what they can bring to their new teams will be amazing. Um we also had a first for the ANZPL in there was a direct trade. So the Conquerors and the Action X traded players. So former Melbourne Matildas player Saxon has joined three of his former teammates at the Conquerors. So, um, and in return, Action X has got tracks as well. So um, yeah, that, that's that's an interesting thing. So direct player trade right there. Um, Sentinels and Scorpions maintain their roster from their grand final appearances last year or last season sorry so um yeah we'll be once again be interesting to see how they go because they, they, those two teams have remained pretty steady throughout the the ANZPL life so it will be interesting to see how they go um coming in the season which starts the 26th of August so that's next week next Friday whoa let's come around quick again <laughs> Woo. Yeah, um, man, I, it's go. I feel like the finals were only the other week, but uh, I, they, I know they right? had how long six week break about I about think. that as well. Yeah, and they yeah. would have been been scrimming in there, especially now that they know their full lineup. Although they they would have had a, a rough idea about who was going where, um, but uh, but yeah, it's going to be another exciting season of ANZPL. Um, yeah, looking, can't wait. Looking forward to it. Um, you know what I'm looking forward to the most, I think, is getting back with the player interviews and having a chat with them. So hopefully we can continue on with that this season as well because it's just, I love analysing the games and going through it with the players and, and talk, seeing what their thoughts were as stuff was going on. Yeah, it's awesome chatting with the pros and saying, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so what was the decision process here? And and usually there is some like big brain play that I've just gone, I didn't even think about that. That's, yeah. Yeah, and that that's why I'm hard stuck in tier six in World of Tanks. <laughs> um, but as well, the last little bit of news for this week, of course, the team fight tactics mid set invitational lineup is now set. Oh. It is. It's really exciting. So the Midset Invitational is happening this weekend, 19 to the 21st. Um, so for anybody watching on stream, we've got the list up at the moment, but we got a mix of players that qualified through the Rebel Cup, the um, Swiss, Swift Shot Cup, excuse my S's tangling there. Um, and then there was invites from the ladder snapshots and the Challenger series. So all up, we have three lobbies worth of players. So 24 players going head to head. And for anybody invested in our boy Escher that, that uh, didn't make it to the last event because he missed it, um, he was invited and slept through the event. Um, he did make it through the ladder snapshot. So... Mm. That's good. He'll be there. He's a returning name that a lot of people in the community will know. Um, Keen is back again. We've also got um, Gidoff and uh, and TXE and Angora, um, but lots of new names as well. So it should be a really exciting event. I just really want to see Huey, Dewey, Louie, just because of their name. fantastic name i love some of the names that come through and and i'm terrible because i i I would say i'm not a native twitch streamer and Mm. i'm not very good at like picking up what the intention behind the name is sometimes i'm like wait where does the space go (laughs) um um, i i I am on a more serious note i am very happy to see that nicola jokic 2x is is in there because he was the filling player for escher when he couldn't make it um, to the qualifier recently, um, but I'm not I'm not quite sure of the reasons. But even though he played in that, he couldn't qualify through that process. He'd already qualified. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh was that the reason why he couldn't qualify? Because yeah, he'd yeah, already yeah. Qual- okay. Well, that makes a bit more sense. Yeah. 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 But no, it was good. I, I appreciated they pulled him in because it meant they had somebody that actually was a competitive matchup and wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, unfairly giving people easy easy spots um mm. to qualify so yeah very happy with that choice yep and that's that's awesome so um that's that's about it just uh, a quick news wrap up because of our wonderful chat with jackson fid from ggwp there um once again thanks to them for joining us natty thanks for for putting up with me again can't oh, wait never put up with no, you no. jim my favourite day of the week, you know. I do, I do <laughs> like my Wednesdays, which is when we record these, even though they're they're, they're screening on uh, on Wednesday. And look, and I got to say, I was super happy to be able to talk about the order stuff, um, just because it it was breaking news, and glad we were able to get get that in because it, it's it's a hot topic and it's a very interesting one. Um, so yeah, no doubt there'll be more come about that in in and over the week and see what's actually happened there. But for now, thanks everybody for watching, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>